everybody. Welcome back for another Running Thought Podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit. I wanted to get one of these out um, before it became a long time in between uh, episodes. Not a whole lot has been going on. Um, still running Beach Road pretty consistently. I have not been back up to investigate the waterfalls. Um, and nobody's called me back from DLNR, so big shout out to DLNR for not returning phone calls. Um, anyways, I'm pretty sure that the phone call is probably going to go something like, mm, no, you can't go up there anymore. But um, maybe that's just the pessimist in me. Uh, so because I cannot go up there, um, of course, I've been doing my daily runs uh, in Lower Puna along Beach Road, and that's been interesting, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, I had a chance to go to Power Lines, and so for anybody that's not familiar, um, Power Lines is a trail that may only exist in my imagination, but um, it's part of Pu'o Trail, or it connects up to Pu'o Trail, or it may very well just be uh, Pu'o Trail. But I've always known them as two separate trails that meet up um, about four miles in um, either um, trail that you decide to start off on. So usually I'll drive up towards Mauna Kea and um, I'll park at the Puo trailhead and then I'll run slash walk in that way. But this time there were so many cars um, parked at that location. Hang on, I'm going to adjust this mic real quick. Whoa, sorry about that noise. Um, that was one of the springs on the mic boom high quality item here. Um, but anyways, so, uh, too many cars were at Puo trailhead. So I backtracked and I parked at, um, power lines and there were plenty of, um, cars parked there too, but I could at least find a place to put my truck where it wasn't going to get hit or be in somebody's way. So I parked at that location. And, you know, uh, honestly, I was thinking that it would be easier just to run um, power lines out to, like, this kind of central point where that trail meets up with um so power lines is actually just a road it's a it's an old road four by four road that goes next to where um a row of power poles used to be but i guess they've rerouted those they've cut them you can still see the stumps of the power poles but they that's all that's left, and this 4x4 road runs right alongside uh, that line of 
stumps, if you will. Uh, so it's not really a trail per se. It's much wider than that. But um, I was thinking that it would be easier because I misremembered, as I often do, uh, the terrain. So I'm going to adjust this mic one more time. I misremember the terrain as being easier than it actually was. Um, so I got going and I remembered it as, you know, kind of the typical like lava, dried lava field with kind of rough and hard, but, um, areas of smooth lava and then, you know, some areas of like gravel. I had remembered it as mostly like a gravel road. Incorrect. Um, so it was kind of funny as I'm running it. I, I realized that that way was actually more difficult than just going the other way, which, um, if you go through Pu'u'o'o, that trail, it kind of goes through, it is kind of a single, or it is a single track, and it just goes through, you know, rocks and grassy fields. Um, there's little, f like, forests that are um, just in the middle of this huge lava field. So you run through um, lava field, you'll get to a little forest, you run through that. It, it takes, you know, like maybe a minute or two to get through these little forests and then you're back out on a lava field. And then the, the whole time uh, you can look over and you can see Mauna Loa or you can look back and see Mauna Kea. I don't know about the whole time, but most of the time you can see both of those. And it's weird to see them both from different angles because they look different um, from far away or from near or uh, in different positions, um, different vantage points. But anyways, um, that one I just was thinking, you know, maybe it's best just to take the power lines road because I had remembered that as just what I said, like varying terrain and, um, you know, just a little bit more to deal with than um, a gravel road, right? So I don't know why that got in my head. That It's been a while since I had been out on either of these trails, but um, it definitely was not that. It was a lot of loose uh, rocks, and so I um, I had to get back in sync with with that kind of terrain because, like I say, I've been running on beach road and um, about the the depth of the terrain that I've been experiencing there is where um, pine needles or dirt has accumulated on the median or not the medium is that right median. Yeah, the side of the road. And so sometimes that'll be a little bit softer than just running on the, the asphalt. But um, it's nowhere near as gnarly as uh, power lines. And so 
Oh, excuse me. That trail actually it's also varying terrain, and you do also go through um, little forests on that too. So um, I recommend both of those. Uh, there's nothing wrong with either one. It was just on that particular day. Um, I was looking for kind of like a quick uh, out and back, get some distance, but, you know, kind of make it quick. But um, it was still nice. I mean, even though it was rough, but I remembered thinking as I'm going across like all these loose rocks and um, at one point, towards the end of the uh, run, I was actually going back towards my truck and I got to the part where there's just tons of uh, loose rocks, not gravel. These are rocks about the size of your fist or bigger and they're just kind of all loose and shoved together and you don't really know like when you're, when you're putting your foot down if those rocks are going to be stable or if it's going to cave in or if it's going to kick out from underneath you or whatever. So it's kind of interesting. But um, on the way back to the truck, I ended up punting one. Oh, my gosh, the agony. My toe hurt for about 24 hours. It's better now, but um, my goodness, uh, just punted that thing. And it's funny how... We tend to forget, you know, how bad that hurts. But, I mean, man, like stub your toe on a piece of lava rock. Ugh, it was gross. Like, my, it just hurt. It was that, I, I, it felt like my bone was, my toe bone was shattered. Like I had shattered the, the um, tarsal or metatarsal or whatever. But anyways... I remember thinking on the way out over the basically the same patch of uh, loose rocks the size of my fist or bigger. Um, this is why I'm glad that I don't that I don't invite people to run with me, and then this is why I'm glad when I do invite people to run with me, they never come. <laughs> so. Uh, in, in case you're wondering, running is, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, uh, running is probably one of the lo loneliest hobbies um, that you can have. Um, I'm sure there's lonelier ones, but, you know, when you start asking your friends if they want to go run, they just drop off, like out of contact, you get ghosted. Um, Nobody wants to hang out with you. Like, even even if you ask friends, like, do you want to ride a bike while I run? Or um, do you want to hike and then I'll just circle back or whatever? I'm just like, no, you can, you can totally have all that to yourself. So um, I'm kind of glad because I, I remember starting off and on trails and thinking, you know, oh, well, you know, I can run a marathon. I can definitely um, handle trails, but it's not the same thing for sure. Um, there's a lot of pieces to constantly be aware of. Uh, matter of fact, I'll probably post something 
later. I've got the idea in my head, and I took the pictures for it, but um, I just I didn't I have not made time to um, put anything up on the soapbox about it. But so there's what most people would think a runner sees, and that's you know in or a trail runner, and so that is all the beautiful scenery and you know. Um, these scenic vistas on in 360, you know, um, but what we actually see if we're smart are just rocks, 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 rocks in the trail and our feet most of the time. It's so weird. Um, whenever I, I'll occasionally stop to just walk, um, on trails that I run often and it's amazing how much different they seem compared to what I remember them as. Um, case in point, Power Lines Trail. Um, so I only remember usually what what's you know under my feet, and I don't really get the opportunity to to look around much. So it's kind of nice to like stop and walk sometimes. Um, not for long, but just to kind of, you know, look around, see uh, what you're actually running past, because there's a lot of things that um, are just ignored, you know, so through, either through self-preservation, because you hear all kinds of noises, you know, on either side of the trail sometimes, and you just have to keep chugging along for your own sanity, Um but there's there's also a lot of neat sights, and um, it's good to stop and take all that stuff in, and kind of um, not lose sight of the fact that you're surrounded by nature, and um, and also from a safety standpoint too, it's good to you know kind of look around, um, look at the weather, see what the clouds are doing. Um, so yeah, and I don't, I forgot where my, my train of logic was going, so, so yeah, but all in all, a good experience on power lines. It was nice to kind of get out um, and do something a little bit different. The, having um, kind of like a an old standby trail, you know, like a go-to, something close is great because um, you stay consistent um, because it's proximal and it's, you know, easy to get to and it's easy to make it um, a pattern. So I recommend that um, for sure if you've got somewhere close that you like to go or that you can go and, you know, you feel relatively safe and um, it's got a good, you know, a fair amount of distance so you're not going to get bored. And if you can vary up your routes and... I know I'm making a, a, a big list um, of attributes. It doesn't have to have all those things, but if you got something that's close, it's good. You know, use it. Um, it's way better than being on a treadmill as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it is you get used to seeing those sights and uh, hearing the sounds and smelling the smells of like a particular area it's nice to branch out and um 
do something else. And so speaking of hearing the sounds, one thing about a lot of places on um, Hawaii Island, I can't really speak to the others, but I'm sure it's probably similar. Um, Hawaii Island, a lot of times, or not a lot of times, um, when you get out, you don't even have to go that far, but um, if you go to somewhere like Volcanoes National Park or um, if you go to the trails that I was on and go up to Mauna Kea or Mauna Loa, um, one of the first things that you're going to notice when you get out of the vehicle is how quiet it is. I mean, it's so quiet. Um, there's no distraction. You know, you, you may hear the wind blowing, but it's just the... Uh, it's just an entire absence of noise. Um, so it's a real good place to just kind of um, get inside your own mind and, you know, um, just kind of detach from reality a little bit and um, kind of just be in the moment or, you know, just be present right right then and there. Um, just so nice to have that break. Because we don't realize all the things that we're bombarded with um, day in and day out. Like we're surrounded with all kinds of uh, alarms and noises and stimuli. And it's good to just break away from all of that. And so I think I mentioned before, I don't even really like to take a bunch of pictures when I'm on um, runs anymore. Or just in general, I... I've done a little bit more now that I'm kind of trying to post stuff to uh, the soapbox, but um, I there's a lot that I don't take pictures of. I used to try to take pictures of everything. I, I was, you know, nothing against it, but I was one of those people that like if it if it didn't if I didn't take a picture of it, it was like it it didn't mean anything, but. I think it's good to have a lot of um, mental pictures of things, right? Just uh, kind of have some moments that you can remember for a good long while and that are just yours. You know what I mean? It used to be that, you know, speaking only for myself, but I'm sure that, there, that most people are in a similar situation. It used to be that, um, you know, taking so many pictures, you'd never, you would never look at them. Like they would just go into uh, cloud storage or um, into your phone, never to be looked at again, and then eventually deleted or whatever. And so now most of the um, the photo apps. So I've got um, OneDrive, and it'll send reminders like this is you on this day you know last year and the year before that and the year before that or whatever like it'll send me little reminders so um, I was recently going through a bunch of photos just looking for a few interesting ones to put up on one of my other websites and um, was just looking at a, a bunch of photos and I'm, I'm glad that um that I have those, I'm glad that I was able to look at some of those again because it reminded me. And I, I did um, 
I did remember, you know, time and place that a lot of those were taken and some of them I I didn't, which is kind of weird. It's a sign, I think, that I'm getting older. Um, there was one in particular of peacocks standing in front of a green gate and um, I could not remember where where that gate was. Uh, I was thinking that it was maybe up towards Mount Aloha, but um, it was a big mystery. I believe that it was actually taken on Beach Road somewhere. That's my guess, but I can't say 100%. Uh, but anyways, I've gone so far off of... Um, whatever it was I was trying to talk about. Uh, so yeah, pictures, um, I tried to not have distractions. Oh yeah, that's what it was. So, you know, you've got this beautiful absence of noise and then I don't like to stop every five minutes to take a picture of the thing. And so it's a great problem to have. Um, we definitely have it here in Hawaii is, uh, there's so much stuff to <laughs> that will make you want to take pictures. I mean, most of the sunrises and sunsets are picture-worthy. Um, most of the scenery is picture-worthy, like even if you've lived here. So there is a there is kind of a point where you start to take things for granted, but um, still, I'm dumbfounded by places that I pass every day when I really pay attention to uh, the terrain and... and um, the vegetation, just beautiful, um, beautiful things are abundant, um, on this island in particular. And even, you know, in, when we lived in Decatur, the trails that I would run there in Conyers or, um, the uh, Arabia Mountain, the path system or, you know, up in North Georgia, um, running over Johns Mountain or um, over, uh, what was the other place called? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm on the verge of uh, making enemies now. Like uh, Fort Mountain, Grassy Mountain, that, the area back up in there, you know, there's a lot of beautiful places in, in the world. Um, it's good to just kind of be in the moment like when you're, when you're in there and just, uh, take that in. No need to take pictures of everything. Maybe a couple, you know, just for posterity, but, um, just kind of be in the moment. Don't interrupt your, your run and stuff too. That's the biggest thing. If you got momentum going, just keep going. Um, anyways, uh, end of that rant so that was uh, a good one I think I already said that that was a good uh, break from uh, the usual and so I don't think I went anywhere else too crazy I think the rest of my runs have all been on Beach Road um, which has been fine it's actually been pretty interesting um I can't tell you the specific days that 
I saw any of these things. Um, oh, wait, before I get into that, I wanted to say, too, running on uh, the loose rocks and um, just uneven terrain and very dangerous if you fell on any of the trail up at power lines um, or really anywhere in Hawaii, the rock is all pretty sharp and pretty hard. Um, so you're definitely going to get cut up. But what, what, oh, sorry, my dog is upset. Um, but what I had to remember was how to balance, kind of counterbalance using my arms. And so um, a couple tips for anybody who is maybe just starting out um, with trail running uh, and is adjusting to uneven terrain and kind of um, not flat surfaces. And I'm not talking about like vertical. I'm just talking about, you know, like uneven, loose rocks, that kind of thing. Um, The number one uh, tip that I have for you is you have to learn how to pick up your feet and you got to pick them up high. So most running form instructors will, um, I say most, it's like I've had so many running form instructors. I have actually had one um, that my my wife actually got a session with a running form coach in Japan. So that was interesting. Um, and it was helpful. I still do some of the stuff that he told me to do. I can't do all of it because um, I'm just I'm just kind of set in, in my ways on some of the posture and everything. But um, yeah, so I, I have in, in fact had one running form coach, um, but both uh, well, I'm sure in in my mind. Uh, I'm sure that most would tell you anyways, even if you're running on a perfectly smooth track, that um, part of the the dynamics, part of your body movement should be um, the lifting of your knees, you know, lifting up your feet and not doing uh, the shuffle. And so there's probably more than two reasons for that but the two that I can think of is number one if you're shuffling you're actually taking more steps right and so you are using those muscles more than you absolutely need to right so take big high steps not um, a character caricature of a runner, but um, take higher steps, like put some effort into it. Like you can't go out on the trail and just be a jogger. You can, but um, you're probably going to trip and fall. So pick those feet up. I try to land and do all of my uh, initial contact with the forefoot. So pick your feet up is the first tip and then the second tip what was the second tip now I can't remember what this oh yeah yeah your arms 
Duh. So, so pick your feet up and then also use your arms um, kind of like a kangaroo uses their tail to kind of counterbalance them while they hop around and um, apparently beat each other up. Um, don't beat anybody up, but do use your arms to kind of steady yourself. I mean, this is not um, anything to... Um, what do you call it, revolutionary, that I'm saying. I'm sure most people intuitively would use their arms to balance themselves. But So what I'm actually talking about is when you get on this uneven terrain, you actually just keep your arms kind of out. Okay? So you're not in the movement, like you're not moving your arms forward and back like you typically do when you're just running at a steady pace on the road, you've actually got your arms out. And so they're, they can move forward and back, but more so they're out to kind of steady you. And they're out to kind of already be somewhat deployed in case you do take a spill and start going flat on your face. You've already got your arms out to to stop you. And so I have had that actually happen. Um, I've never seriously, knock on wood, hurt myself, but I have just, I've taken ridiculous spills. Uh, not many, just a couple times, but just at the weirdest places. And I would have never expected to have fallen um, at these places. I was actually going up a hill. How do you fall flat on your face going up a hill, right? Most people would do that going down. Um, I mean, I'm glad I did it going up because going down seems like the outcome would be way worse. But yeah, so you just never know. If you're going under, uh, if you're going over unsteady terrain, keep your, your arms out and then pick your feet up to avoid roots and rocks and um, whatever else. Snakes for some people. Um centipedes i guess if you live in hawaii that's one thing i forgot to mention last time we don't have snakes for the most part um and i did i read up on the brown tree snake thing and so apparently they were i didn't read a whole lot so don't be expecting too much more information than what i gave last time but so apparently they introduced the brown tree snake to actually um train dogs to sniff out the the brown tree snake because I guess there was um, like a, a wild population and they introduce more uh, briefly. I, they may not even still be doing this because the article I read was from 2018. So they introduced some brown tree snakes in order to train um, dogs to sniff them out. Because um, on the Hawaiian Islands, there's a whole lot of species of birds and um, there are small mammals. And if there were snakes, I, I think most, of, most all of that would be decimated. Um, and plus that would be scary if you're running around and there's brown tree snakes everywhere. But uh, yeah. 
So that's where that came from. And probably the likelihood of ever running into one of those is very slim on uh, Hawaii. But once again, I've gotten off task. Um, yeah, and so now shifting gears all the way back into talking about the um, sights and sounds of Beach Road. So for the most part, it has been um, nice. There's been a lot more vehicles on that road. Excuse me. Um, it's not that the... Um, sh not shut down... The, the uh, stay-at-home, it's not that that's been lifted uh, or even loosened, to my knowledge, but I think it's just been so long that people are um, trying to get out now. And so I've seen a lot more vehicles on Beach Road. There's actually been a lot more um, broken-down vehicles. matter of fact, there was one in the middle of the road on jacks, like on floor jacks yesterday. Um, had to kind of go around the, the thing because it was parked sideways in the road when I was driving out um, to go back home. But um, the weird, like not weird, but the, um, the thing that sticks out the most in my mind, um, and I've, I don't, I've got, you know, a couple of beach road stories, but... Um, I was going back to my truck and I was almost there and it was getting dark. So this was around six, um, probably like 6.30, 6.40, something like that in the evening time. And I was almost back to my truck. I probably had like another quarter, half mile to go. And um, I'm going past this one house where, um, so there's one house on the opposite side of the road where these dogs always bark at me every time I go past and they've never run out or anything. So I've learned just to, you know, it's okay. Let them bark. There's nothing coming. Um, and then there's a house across the street where I've heard dogs before, but not really barking, just, you know, doing dog stuff and making dog noises. Well, I was, I ran past that house and I was running up uh, kind of like the last big hill and I heard a dog bark behind me. And I, that's the first that I had heard any noise it was just this dog barks behind me. And it was like that kind of bark where um, you know that something's chasing you. And so I turned around and if there was one dog, there was like seven dogs standing behind me in the road and they all had that kind of pensive stance like you know like they were going to do something but all of them were um sorry the cuckoo clock's going off all of them were they look like little good boys is what they look like but they didn't have collars so i suspect that they were um either a feral pack of dogs or uh just the owner didn't have collars on them or whatever they just run around which is not totally out of the question for um that area but um 
but yeah, so they ended up not chasing me, but man, I didn't even realize that there was like seven dogs behind me or more or maybe a little less. I don't remember, but it, it was a lot. It, it was a significant amount of dogs to just be there and be silent um, and me not know about it. And so um, there it, therein lies the irony because usually I'm pretty on top of um, what all kind of animals are around me. And so that was one, I guess, kind of cool and weird thing that happened. Um, the dogs let me pass with no bites. Um, good on them. Thank you, dogs. And then uh, while I'm still thinking about it, there was, I think this was the same day. Matter of fact, this may have been yesterday. Uh, I saw pig standing on the side of the road and then I noticed a van coming up the road so this uh, wild pig like waits for the van to go by like they knew the drill which is kind of um, amusing the van goes by and the pig kind of trots across the the road and then stops on the other side of the road. And then as I got up closer, I just kind of made some noise because I usually like to know if they're spooked or if they're going to stand their ground. So 10 times out of 10, they've always run away whenever I make noise. So except for the one that was um, dying that one day. They tried to run away, but they, they couldn't. They were dying or it was dying. But, uh, but anyways, so this one was very much alive and um, clever enough to not go when the uh, white van was coming down the road, waited until after it was gone and then crossed over. So as I got closer, I made a little noise and then it ran off um, down into the, the jungle. Um, talking about stopping and looking around so crazy if you're on beach road or if you're anywhere on a trail in the middle of a forest or um, a jungle in Hawaii look to your left or right and just imagine if the trail you're on was not there and you had to go through that um, forest or that jungle in order to get back to safety Oh my goodness, the growth is so thick, uh, and that's that's one thing that I've been or that I did notice over the last week. And I mean, I've noticed it before, but I took some time, you know, to to look left and right and just look down through there. And it's so dense; you can't see you can't see through it. I can't see how you would navigate through it. Um. And also, the thing about it is, if you've ever seen the movie Predator, um, the one, not the one with uh, Danny Glover when they're in the city or whatever. I'm talking about the one with uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, they're in the middle of the jungle. Like that jungle is what it looks like running down Beach Road. It's uh, on either side. It's Predator jungle. And so... 
I'm hearing sounds and I'm looking over and I'm not seeing stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, you know, Predator had invisible mode. So, I mean, you can, you can do what you will with that information. I'm just, you know, put it out there. There are weird noises that come from either side and, um, it looks just like Predator jungle. So just saying. I hope Predator is not real. I'm pretty sure he's not. But um, if he is, or if they are, they definitely visit um, Beach Road. Uh, let's see what else. I saw the a lady. I think this was a different person. This seemed, I, I don't know, because I don't really like super focus on people that I see. Um, but I think this was a girl on a horse. I think the last person I saw was, um, like a, an older lady on a horse. It may or may not have been the same horse, but, um, I saw what I think was a girl on a horse. And so that was cool. And the dog was kind of like following behind him. So that was neat. Um. What else? Lots of garbage. Man, two thumbs down to everybody that's throwing their garbage on the side of the road. And that's not just down there. That's everywhere. So crappy because the um, transfer stations are still open. And all you got to do is just go to the nearest one and you can just throw your trash there. Um, but people are throwing their stuff everywhere. So there was two particularly stinky bags that were thrown right in the middle of this little, um, this trail. Um, It's got these beautiful mangrove trees that kind of just taken over, and there's kind of a cutout in these mangroves, and the path goes down to a place called Mermaid Ponds. But uh, somebody had thrown couple bags of just rancid disgusting trash like right at that little trailhead and there's flies and stuff buzzing around everywhere uh just gross and then of course there's all the the cups and wrappers and stuff all on the side of the road which sucks just um i've not ever understood that why people just throw their stuff out the window. But, sorry, yawning. It's a little bit late. Um, speaking of late, and speaking of beautiful things, and um, how lucky uh, everybody that lives in Hawaii is to live in Hawaii. Um, sometimes it's the simple things or not so simple things. Um, I was taking the dogs out tonight and it's been this way for the last several nights. So super clear outside and here we don't have a lot of, or any light pollution really. And so look up at the sky, you can see all the stars. Like I'm talking all of them, like layers Um, it's beautiful. 
And it reminded me of how much I miss going to the um, planetarium. Planetarium? Is it a planetarium? Uh, Imiloa. I think it's planetarium. Astronomy center? Astronomy. Yeah. It's not the astrology center. Don't confuse it with that. Um, Astronomy center. I don't think it's a planetarium. I'm not sure what the distinction is between those two, but I think it's the astronomy center. But at any rate, I miss going there because um, dum-dums like me, I don't remember the uh, constellations that well. I can remember the the major ones, uh, like Maui's fishhook, Scorpio, and um, all the ones that are connected to um, Orion, so the uh, Taurus and the Pleiades and Orion, and then, you know, that's about it. There's actually more that are in that Orion um, sort of group of constellations. I know there's a dude sitting with a goat in his lap, but I can't remember what the name of it is. I think there's like a couple of dogs, Sirius. So like Sirius XM, um, they've got the dog on their logo, or they used to have that. Uh, named probably after Sirius, the little constellation. Sirius, and I forgot the other dog's name. But um, Sirius, and now that's going to bug me. But yeah, at any rate, you can see all the stars, which is awesome. I can't take a picture of it. They They don't turn out well. Um, if I take a picture of it, you cannot see all the stars. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things, like I was talking about, you just have to put it in your brain and f- make it a mental picture, a memory for yourself for later. I'm sure that they've either already got something or they'll come out with something eventually that will be able to take crystal clear pictures of the night sky. It'll be just like you were there but I don't have that my phone doesn't do well with stars even if I put on uh, night sight or whatever so yeah and then I'm trying to think what else have I seen on beach road that's been interesting Uh, yeah just the usual usual stuff um the lava flows that I'm always amazed when I get down to um, the 2018 lava flows and they've, you know, they've built the road through, they've cut out and built the road through to connect back up so you can go back up into Puna proper um, or Pahoa. Uh, But yeah, Besides that, you know, you've got the fresh lava that kind of uh, rolls over onto... It's not fresh, fresh. Like, it's it's dried. It's a couple years old. But um, it's rolled over onto the older uh, lava. And then there's still heat. So when I pass the part where they cut into, like, the highest point of the, the 2018 flow... You can still feel heat coming off of that rock and you can still see steam um, 
coming up pretty proximal to where that um, cutaway is. The, the, they had to cut away to make the surface even so they could build the road um, through the lava flow portion. So if you're walking next to it, that's that thing's probably, uh, I'm going off memory here, it's at, it's at least, it's over my height, we'll put it that way. I don't know if it's twice or three times my height, but it's, pr it's pretty tall. Um, but yeah, you still, you've got heat coming off of it, and you know, the lava's probably not that far down. I'm not a geologist, but... I would say it's probably, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably pretty superficial to uh, the surface. But yeah, so that's beautiful. And then you, you've still got some green um, where the, the lava mist. So you got, you know, the black and then you got the green in the background. Uh, of course, the sky has been gorgeous, um, blue and white clouds. Um, I don't know what other color clouds could you have. I guess you could have gray, but um, all different shapes, more importantly, just all different shapes of clouds, just in layers. Um, the wind's been nice. Uh, yeah, all kinds of people. I actually saw more so there's been more traffic for sure, but I actually saw more people on the road just outside of cars, just walking or whatever yesterday than um, actual cars. It was really quiet. So no cars at the usual spots and um, more people out on the road. Um, I think that's it. I don't think I've seen anything else too crazy on Beach Road. Uh, things that are coming up, I'm planning to go on a run this weekend. I'm going to go up towards um, Honoka to, um, I've got a friend from work and he lives up that way. And so I'm going to park at their house, and then I guess I'm going to run um, kind of like an access road down to the highway and then run along the highway down a gulch and then back up and then get off the highway onto another access road and then run up to a cell tower. And so I'll post that map um, on the soapbox. It's not there right now. It's going to take me, you know, maybe a day or so to post that up there, but I'm going to go run that, and I don't know exactly what the distance is. Like I say, I got to get in and figure it out. He sent me a map. It looks super interesting. Um, I think it's like, two, it's over 2,000 feet elevation gain, so it's going to be that much and drop and then uh, you're multiplying that times two because it's a out and back type deal. I think he said that it was eight miles, but I don't know. 
he didn't, he said he wasn't sure and I have not mapped it out yet, but I'm planning to go do that. And, um, I may try to mess with that other, um, trail that I was talking about too. The one where I couldn't figure out if it was on, um, private property or not. I may try to go past that dairy. See if I can get to the trailhead. Pretty sure that's the way that you gotta go. And the sign's just worded weird, probably by design um, to keep people out. But, um, yep, that's all the plans I got. Uh, there was something I wanted to talk about. There's something specifically I wanted to talk about on the podcast, but I can't remember what it was. I will say um, that I have been thinking about um, the folks that are out there in the world and um, you're not feeling too great. There's a lot of uncertainty in your life right now. Um, I'm thankful that uh, I've still been able to uh, work I know a lot of people are not, and they just wish that their life could go back to normal. Um, if you are out there, uh, I'm not flattering myself. I know there's not that many people probably that listen to this podcast, but if you are, first of all, um, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, and second of all, um, if you're in that situation, you know, one of the things I like to tell people is to look around them and just make note because where you're at currently is not um, where you're going to be permanently. So everything changes. That's the one certainty in life. So everything will change. Um, and just give it time and there will be changes. So don't get down on the current situation. It, it stinks. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, for, for everybody, but, um, yeah, just stay in the, stay in the game. If you're listening to this and you're not running yet, I think that you should um, or get something else, some other kind of activity with the emphasis on active. Uh, if you're walking, then walk. If you're uh, rowing, then do your rowing. But um, the main thing, I think, get out as much as possible. Um, of course, still probably practice your not probably, still practice your social distancing, but get out, you know. Don't uh, stagnate inside four walls. And uh, don't get get out of your own head, you know what I mean? Don't agonize over this. There's a lot of things that you can't control, um, but it'll, it will change. It will something will happen and it will not be this way forever. So I don't get too down. Um, I was thinking what brought that up was um, 
I was thinking about a colleague that I used to work with, and I won't say their name just out of respect for the the family and, and the person, but um, I had a colleague, and I worked with that person on a Friday, and this was a long time ago. I won't say when or, or whatever, but... Well, I won't say when exactly, but I will say that I was still, like, in my 20s, like, early 20s, like, maybe 20, yeah, we'll just say early 20s, but I had a colleague that um, was a smart person um, and really nice to work with and kind of a problem solver, like a go-to type person, so highly intelligent, um, but the person had uh, bipolar disorder and they stopped taking their meds on a Friday. And that was the Friday that I worked with them. And so there was all kinds of like strange things going on. They, they ended up getting uh, sent home just out of um, concern for everybody's safety. And um, by Sunday... So I worked that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and by Sunday, um, that person was dead. They were deceased. Um, and it was, uh, it was uh, self-inflicted. Um, so that got me thinking, you know, that was terrible, and uh, I still remember that. That person was not like a um, a close friend. That was just an acquaintance, and, and I still remember that event like it was yesterday. It's still fresh in my mind. Matter of fact, I've got um, the newspaper clipping. I've I've never thrown that away. I keep it uh, because that was kind of uh, one of those things in life where. I realized how fragile everything is and um, how much... Uh, so I don't... I'm not trying to downplay this and I, I don't mean this like it may sound, um, but uh, how much... Uh, now I've even forgot what I was going to say, but so I didn't, it was one of those times that made me realize like how, how, um, unstable like I became after that, because that happened, you know, like here's a person that I'm talking to and, and then like two days later they're completely gone. So there was some other details, um, that made it uh, kind of horrible just for for everybody. But um, I'm not going to mention any of that. But, but yeah, so the point that I'm trying to make is uh was thinking about that and how much it affected my life. And this was somebody that I worked with, but I wasn't extremely close with. Uh, so if you're out there and you're thinking, man... This is terrible, and um, nobody cares or whatever. Um, 
don't don't go down that road. Don't think like that. Um, people care more than you know. Like I I mean maybe didn't even realize how much I cared about um, this person, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a shock, and I was definitely sad when when that happened, and not not. Uh, superficial bandwagon sad like I was deeply disturbed and uh, uh, regretful that that this had happened that we lost this person because uh, like I say real, really intelligent go-to person and um, yeah yep so just hang in there because people need you more than you know and uh get out and running I think is the best because that's what I do and it doesn't cost a whole lot to to be a runner versus other things that um, you could do I got nothing against bikes or um, paddle boards or kayaks or anything like that but uh, good old running man if you can if you're not injured right you can put on your shoes and your shorts and you can get out there. Well, I can. Some places you would have to put on like uh, pants and coat and earmuffs and all that stuff. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But um, but yeah, the, the point being that it's not, you don't have to go too nuts it's pretty easy to it's accessible attainable to to most people running shoes and some shorts and whatever gear you need for for warmth um and you're you're in the game so whether you're doing a mile or you're doing 20 or or more um get out there and um maybe just get away from the um the four walls that you're confined by or um, if you're on the opposite end of that and you're like a healthcare worker and you're just in chaos um, every day. So maybe I don't want to be too pie in the sky and say like, oh, yeah, you should run and solve all your problems. But um, if you're able to just detach for a little bit, even if you're on the treadmill or something, if you got the energy... Um, it may be helpful just for your 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 mental well-being um, to kind of get some of that energy out um, in a constructive way. Uh, yeah, but then I realized that people that are really um, dealing with the um, the high um, incidence areas like New York and um, I guess the the southeast and um, Washington, you know, the, those people, the, probably the last thing on their mind is, um, or even they probably don't have time to get out and take a run. So if you are somebody that's lucky enough to, to have that, then you should, you should definitely do it for them uh, because they cannot. So... So yeah, but now I'm just kind of 
I'm talking out of out of um, you know where, and I'm kind of on a tangent. So let me just stop that. Um, I guess the last thing that I'll talk about, and then I'll just go ahead and close this up. But um, running with injuries. So I made it wasn't a mistake, but um, I partially blame myself for. Um, someone that is now injured slightly. Um, I don't know the extent of this person's injury, but it's something with a, a, a rolled ankle or something like that. And so I remember having a lot of soft tissue injuries when I started out um, or started back to running, and most of it was just from um, overuse, just trying to do things too fast um, or too hard too quickly and not building up. So I, I partially blame myself for this person's injury because I sent them um, the Audible link to check out David Goggins' uh, Can't Hurt Me. And so if you've never uh, if you've never experienced that, then number one, why? Uh, number two, you need to go ahead and get that book um, or the audiobook. I would recommend the audiobook because it gives you more content than um, what the actual book has in it. There's um, kind of like interspersed between uh, chapters. There's commentary from David Goggins and his um, uh, ghostwriter, I guess, or his writer or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, get that. It's ex- extremely motivational <laughs> but um, the thing is like David Goggins is David Goggins and <laughs> most people are not him so um, and most people are not dealing with the kind of situation that he was dealing with and so he was trying to get through his second or third attempt at buds and I think he was at the point where um, if he did not get through that uh, attempt, he was done forever. And so um, I don't want to give too many details away, but there were some hasty um, interventions on, uh, you know, broken uh, limbs. And, you know, Bud's training was completed with some um, some pretty hurtful injuries that were kind of like uh, rigged up with uh, duct tape to get him through. So most of us are not trying to get through our final attempt at buds. And I would kindly say everybody doesn't have to be David Goggins. He is already David Goggins and um, he's awesome. But speaking from experience, if you've got a tendon, that's a little bit torn, um, running on it even harder or the same intensity, um, or running longer on it is not going to make that thing better. It's just going to get worse. So do the, uh, the proper rest. And if that means walking for you, then you should walk. Um, but when 
I had those kind of injuries, I usually had, um, I usually would have to just be in a boot that would immobilize um, the foot, keep it from torsion, twisting one way or the other, and um, usually for a couple weeks, like I'm thinking like five weeks, four or five weeks I was supposed to wear that thing. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the optimal situation, but, you know, there is the aspect of like wanting to, to get back out. And I would say just maybe play it by ear. Um, I think that doctors know a lot and I respect them, but sometimes, um, when it comes to, uh, I'm, I'm making myself nauseous saying this, (laughs) I'm not uh, in any way qualified to make any kind of medical advice, but I will say that people usually know their bodies better than um, anyone else, right? So doctors included. Um, I'm not saying don't take medical advice. I'm saying is you know yourself better. So if you feel like something's really, really wrong, then something's probably really, really wrong. If you feel like you can do a little bit of activity, then you can probably do a little bit of activity. Um, Probably didn't, um, you probably have not given yourself um, any kind of uh, stress fracture or um, like a completely torn ligament or tendon. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be walking or anything on it but um I'm not speaking directly to this person by the way I'm just saying in general like if you have injuries you there's a fine line between not being too much of a baby about it and then also not overusing the the uh, affected area so just play it by ear, but I, I will say that, you know, rest is important. So if you're going to um, get out and, and be active, you got to definitely have a part of your day where you're immobilizing that thing and just uh, letting it rest, right? You know, like don't, don't do stand-up desk all day and, um, you know, be walking around at work the whole day and then go out and you know, run eight miles or or whatever, and then be on your feet um, for the rest of the night. Kind of get some time, cut out some hours where you're just kind of immobilizing that thing. Uh, Yeah. And then also just don't don't take my advice (laughs) because I don't, I only know what works for me. Um, I will say that I used to get a lot of soft tissue injuries. Actually, I already said that. I used to get a lot of soft tissue injuries. I Knock on wood, I don't get them anymore. A lot of it is just kind of that period of um, you're starting out. And so your body's not used to uh, moving in a certain way. And so things get torn up. And so um, if you're reasonably young and... Um, reasonably healthy, you're probably not breaking yourself apart. 
you're just having sort of more or less growing pains, uh, getting accustomed to being active, um, being a runner or running um, as an activity. So skirt that fine line between um, not being too active and not being too sedentary. Definitely give that thing some rest. Um, I, you know, they say rice, the rest ice um, compression elevation. I would do some research and see if that's still recommended because I've heard um, conflicting information. I don't want to say one way or the other, but that's what I was always taught, like as a corpsman, that was a standard treatment for uh, those type of injuries, rice, um, soft tissue, stuff like that. Definitely would always advise patients to to do rice, but that may have changed now. Um, I don't do anything for those type of injuries if I if I get them now. They just have to run their course. And so I'm kind of just conflicting myself now. But um, I think that there's probably like an arc you know, there's a life cycle to a runner. There's probably that beginning part where you're starting out, you get lots of injuries, and then you go into, like, uh, the top of the curve where you're, like, uh, you're accustomed to everything and um, you don't get as many of those kind of, like, stress injuries or soft tissue injuries or whatever. And then probably as you age progressively, you get back into more and more... Um, you know, like arthritic or um, soft tissue or whatever, f- injuries from falls or, or, or whatnot. But uh, again, I'm rambling. I don't think that I've actually made one clear point in all of that advice. But yeah, just um, rest when you can. Still do activities. Um, don't go overboard. Don't think because you're feeling better. That, okay, so that's one great piece of advice out of all of that. Um, don't think because you're feeling better that you can just go out and knock out um, eight miles one day because you are walking fine uh, the day before. Once you start feeling good, give it a little, you know, give it a little another couple of days, you know, taking it easy, and then get back out and don't thrash your your injury again like let it heal you know a little bit more and then get out um yeah i'm sure that if doctors listen to this podcast they would be rolling their eyes right now but uh i think that's all i'm gonna say i think i've said way too much um already so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up and then um Hopefully I'll do another one after I get to go check out this, uh, I guess, trail, for lack of a better word. I think it's a combination of access roads, the main highway, which I don't I don't really like that part. Um, and I don't advise anybody to run on roads with vehicular traffic even though I do it every day (laughs) down beach road, that's kind of a different, it's not, but it is kind of a different thing because it's 
kind of choked off. There's not that many vehicles that travel there, um, but the quality of <laughs> vehicular travel definitely compensates for the lack of uh, vehicles because everybody's running fast and it's just it's dangerous. I I don't I don't prefer it, but it's a matter of um, being able to run a certain distance and um, have it be close to my house. So it's a convenience thing, but I don't super recommend running on roads. I don't think that it's good for your joints. Talk about injuries. Uh, get off roads. That would be my first suggestion. You may get different types of injuries on trail, but I don't know. I've I've felt way better running on trail than I've ever felt running uh, consistently on roads. Like my knees hurt more when I'm on roads all the time. You got to find a trail or find or run on the side of the uh, sidewalk or the side of the road where there's grass or some other kind of um, aggregate. Um, yeah, what was my point? So, yeah, so this place that I'm thinking about going this weekend, part of it's on the highway, which I don't love. Uh, and then I think there's like a falling rock <laughs> hazard as you go down through the gulch and back up. So that should be interesting. But um, hopefully I'll have a good story to tell after I do that. Um, may do that on Saturday. I don't know. I'll just have to look at the weather. Um, but yeah, that's it for, for this time. Stay healthy. Um, take care of yourself. Don't get down. Um get outside and um yeah and just be well and then um hopefully i'll have an exciting episode on saturday or sunday to to put up but everybody take care